0: On time, ped
2: tie, baby.
0: On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19, 2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at 9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. ubercom one for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum apply
2: Wrap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris (laughs) and
1: Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube. And your favorite podcasts.
2: TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City, tune in and join in now, and now, here's your host, all Right, Chris, all right there, chunkies out the devil are we all, well I hope, welcome along, yes, I know this is really is a show without any ladies football on, but I tell you what, hasn't it been a refreshing change? it's been a great tournament it's over too soon for me and it's been brilliant not seeing players throwing themselves to the floor trying to get a penalty or an offside visit whatever it's been it has been refreshing this is leicester till i die tv welcome along if you are on youtube and you're watching us thank you very much please remember to do what it says there and subscribe and if you uh, are listening on your favorite podcast platform Thank you for lending me your ears. And uh, just before we sort of get the guests in tonight, because as you know, it's a question and answer uh, show tonight, uh, just a quick RIP for Terry Neal, uh, the Arsenal manager who, uh, who passed away today, uh, 1942 to 2022. So um, thoughts go out to all his friends and family. Uh, and uh, I say rest in peace, Terry. This is Lester Till I Die. And um, this is where you can find us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favorite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast,
1: Lester Till I Die.
2: Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. I have to make those at just the right length so I've got time to click all the right buttons and bring everybody in. Um, welcome along. You'll know, obviously, the gentleman below me, although he is, I think, on the witness protection scheme because he, uh, he's he got it's the It's the beard night tonight, isn't it? It, is. <laughs> doing it. it is. I've doing grown this overnight just to fit in. It's only because he's grey and he's got a suntan and it shows his suntan off. That's what it is. But a big welcome. And let me just put him into uh, centre stage here. Oops, he's gone.
1: Great work, Chris.
2: It is. Um... Oh, he said his sound has gone. He couldn't hear anything. So Uh, um, what a good start. What um. a good start. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong after all that? Indeed. (laughs) i hope you got some questions i mean obviously there's going to be a lot of sort of questions about individual mm. players and comings and goings uh but how i mean we are i, I read somewhere and obviously i'll bring this up with jordan mm. as well that um we i think we're the the, the only team in the seven top U have been divisions not to have made a signing
1: that is uh, that is the same that i've heard uh, chris mm. but you know you know me, always like to put a positive spin on it. Um, we haven't sold anyone that we, we we didn't want to get rid of. And therefore, with everyone fit, we have a stronger squad than the one that finished
2: fifth. Indeed. I mean, it is that same squad. And we we have got the squad that, um, what can I say, that... that finished so well last mm. season. I know a lot of people have come back to me and say, well, we only played Watford and we got a draw with Chelsea. Mm. But, you know, Watford and those sort of teams, we were only managing to beat one nil in the league. Yeah. <laughs> at the start of the season. I can say, if you go back
1: before that, though, you, you know, when we finished twice, fifth consecutive seasons, mm. uh that second season where we just missed out on the last day with the defeat to, to Spurs, um are, you could argue that from there we've added uh, Daka, Daka, We've added, well, and Dewsbury Hall has come through as well. So without really losing anyone that we didn't want to lose. So, you know, it, on paper, it's a stronger squad than the one that finished fifth. The issue is everyone else has strengthened. Um, and that's where it, it falls down a little bit. But again, you know, we get criticised for, for padding out the squad with people who are not going to improve it. So, you know, you, you you take it either way. Either we wait for the players that we really want when we can get them or we just get anyone. And uh, and I'd rather it be the latter. Although, you know, I've got a couple of questions um, that I'll that'll touch on that as well. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It, something, you know, something doesn't seem quite right in terms of uh, what was said earlier in the season. Yeah. And... Uh, or towards the end of the season, and what has come to pass so far. Maybe just the timelines have been stretched out a little bit. With the they were expecting outgoings, and uh,
2: and we've not had them yet.
0: Well, well, welcome
2: back. Can you hear us, Jordan?
0: Yes, I can. Yes, I've had to. have uh, to have a quick change of laptops, but it's now it's uh, it's all working now. So uh, yes, I'm here.
2: Technology, Jordan. Um... <laughs> Chief correspondent for Leicester City at Leicester Mercury and Leicestershire Live, welcome along. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no worries um, at all. As you as you can imagine, what a lot of the questions are going to be about. Um, but it's, but let, before we start that, I know Craig, you had a question which was about um, you know the 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 um, the new stadium and all, yeah, it's sort
1: the, of, it sort of it sort of crosses crosses over, and and you may be able to shed some light on on mm-hmm. budgets and the like. And it is obviously the new ground uh, stadium expansion, et cetera, has not been put on hold, but it's had a more difficult time getting through planning permission than I would imagine anyone would have hoped. And with those delays, uh, there's not been a lot of information about why there's been delays, but with delays always comes extra costs. And I wondered whether, those extra costs that they're now having to plan for have had any impact on transfer business or whether the two budgets of infrastructure and transfers are completely separate?
0: Yeah. As far as I'm aware, yes, it's kind of two separate parts of the club really. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think anything uh, to do with the stadium is anything is in any way related to what the, what's going on transfer wise. Um, As for the the stadium, I know there's the latest decision date uh, for the stadium plans is Sunday, 31st of July. Um, But so far, the council, Leicester City Council, have set two decision dates. One was early February, one was late April, and they've obviously missed both of those. Um, Having spoken to people, I've not really got the sense that there's any kind of concern from the club um that the plans won't go through or anything like that. Uh the council have said that it's kind of par for the course for big projects like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is taking so long. Obviously it's a it's not just the stadium that they're they're weighing yeah. up, but that's the main um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the main thing and the, the, the there are detailed stadium plans within the application that Leicester put forward, but there are outline plans for all of the other buildings that they want on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as the club are concerned, the stadium expansion doesn't go ahead unless they are able to build everything that they want to so that's the hotel the arena the residential block um so that's why they've had to submit it as one but this the stadium expansion obviously would be the first to be built Uh, so that's why the detailed plans have gone in there so yes i think it's the the scale of the project i think i think there's probably still a little bit of uh a slowness to the process because of COVID and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think just obviously the longer it goes on that kind of when it might be built. um, Mm -hmm. I think the kind of the very earliest expectation was that it would be done by the summer of 2024. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously the longer the the plans take to come in, the less likely that is
1: reading between the lines there uh, jordan does that mean do you think that if they got go ahead for the stadium part but not the rest of it they would look to
0: move i don't know if i don't know if they would look to move i just think that they they just wouldn't go ahead with it i think they would more they would try and i think they would probably try and tweak the plans and try to yeah. think of a way which they could get the sort of the extra buildings through Mm -hmm. um uh, it is they want to make us yes they want it to be a complex but i don't think um i don't i've not certainly not heard anything about them wanting to move um you know considering a move i think more likely is that they would they would tweak the plans to try and make them work because this is the thing when they put these in front of the council Mm -hmm. they weren't coming out of the blue there was so many discussions in the months leading up to that um you know, and they would have kind of yeah. put some feelers out to see yeah. if it was viable and things like that. They weren't, you know, wasn't on but it, a whim. Yeah. So but it has
1: to be, sorry, to just finally on this, but it has to be a concern about uh, more lengthy delays just because of the, the cost situation that we're all seeing now. Everything costs more, all the yeah. power and, and, and raw materials and God knows what. I would imagine that you're looking at uh, probably another quarter of the, of the budget. Um, that they're going to have to find if they want to stick to the original plans
0: yeah that, that will be a concern um, I've not really I suppose the kind of the sort of economic crisis we're, we're in at the moment I suppose I've i not really sort of done much investigating on the stadium front since it sort of really got going over the past few months but um, yeah I think obviously that would be, would be an issue I don't think it would I don't think it would stop the club from going through with their plans um because I think if it was a case that the you know they were kind of cutting it tight in terms of the budget needed to fund everything, yeah, I'm not sure they would be going ahead with it anyway. Because you know it is carefully considered. Mm-hmm. I think there was a you know around the time of the title win, people were starting to ask questions about, oh, can they expand the stadium? Yeah, they've not, you know, they've waited a few more years yet. Um, to do that so it is the whole thing is carefully considered and i don't think anything like that will um will affect them too much you,
2: you've got to love local councils haven't you <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is this is early days guys we've been promised a cinema for five years and, still, <laughs> and, it, and it's still an empty argos at the moment so don't get don't get too excited um i mean it's going to be lovely though isn't it i mean if if it all gets to go ahead and i mean i've got I've got four children, two of which are both architects—a son and a daughter—both of which are sort of sending me plans and I don't know. I should be saying this or not? but it's all we've looked. At, I think there's ways they can see it and, and what have you. I think yeah, well, anybody can see them anyway, can't they? You know, and uh, so keep me updated if you hear anything. But. Um, uh, you can't rely on kids can you um a couple of hellos spencer good evening sir how are you tm welcome back i uh, hope you are enjoying the ladies football um uh hi guys but have the girls on with you i don't know if you can call them. call craig that that's not very nice james good evening how are you um like I says there hit the likes and subscribe oh tm here says are oh, you keeping the extra hair craig well, I think I'm
1: trying I'm trying to grow enough that I can transplant it back up top. <laughs>
2: yeah, he is, he is what we call, Jordan, the older woman's totty. Yeah. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> um, Terry, hi, Chris and Craig uh, have a good one. Scott, uh, is Leicester City after... To be honest with you, I'm, I'm not even going to... Go for it, Chris. Enough. Come on. No, no. I had an agreement uh, yesterday with Ant from uh, Ant's fan channel. We will call him Oddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it came out of the blue. I mean, it was obviously talk about transfers. Um, we did a thing, didn't we, at the start of the season from the Leicester Mercury, the key or sell, And I was very much saying... I'd let I'd let Casper go and move um, everybody up one. And Craig, you were saying stop. And then within a week of that, he could be going. Is it is this serious or?
0: Yes, uh, it, it is something that could happen. Yes, I, I don't think it's quite as out of the blue as it might seem. Um, I think there's been, obviously, Schmeichel spoke himself earlier in the year uh, that. He basically suggested that he wasn't necessarily thinking about finishing his career at Leicester. I think, I think the quote we used was he, he would maybe try somewhere new. Um, obviously, they got to May and then Rogers gave uh, Danny Ward his, his Premier League debut and he said he needed to do that for the health of the group. Um, then it emerged that Leicester had been scouting the kind of goalkeeper market. Um, that emerged in May time. But I suppose it wasn't clear at the time whether they were looking, you know, because the club do plan ahead, whether they were looking at that, you know, for a year down the line or whether they were looking at it for this summer. Um, But I think, yes, it is a possibility because I don't think that Leicester would be offering Schmeichel a new contract beyond his current deal, which runs out next summer. It seems like Nice, uh, going by the reports from France, which are coming from good sources, uh, it seems like Nisa nice willing to offer him more than that. Um, so I think maybe that's probably a consideration of his. Obviously for Leicester as well, it's it would be a significant uh, earner off their wage bill, which is obviously a, a key consideration for them this summer. Which is the, yeah. it's kind of the, as far as I'm aware, it's the kind of the main reason behind the lack of business so far because their wage bill in terms of their revenue, um it's uh it you know it, it is um it, you know that it is very high i think they've got one of the high, maybe everton of the highest but certainly the leicester are up there in terms of wage to turnover ratio um, yeah i've just sorry,
2: i've got to apologize i'm not going to be putting people i didn't realize as i put people's uh comments up it moves us all up a little bit and we disappear yeah. behind the, <laughs> the outline so i'll just be reading the comments out uh every now and again um should we be as should we as fans and i've asked this a, a few times that everybody i think put a lot of um what um Brendan rogers said back after the forest game about uh whether it was a refresh or a rebuild but everybody kind of latched latched on to that but our owners not in the oil business they are in the sort of the you know the travel and tourism business which has been really badly hit is that part of the problem or is it just the fact that we you know we've got a big squad and we've got to think about ffp
0: well that's that's certainly part of it because they they can't with with the amount they are spending on uh, wages compared to the amount they, that they make they can't be they can't really be adding too many more players without knowing that uh, a few are going to be um leaving i think I don't think it's really anything to do with the owners because I think a lot of Leicester's transfer business over the the past few years has kind of been funded by, um, you know, that has been funded by outgoings and things like that. And, you know, the money that they've made from TV revenue um, and obviously over the past couple of years, European uh, payments and things like that. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's really anything to do with the, the, the the ownership on that front but obviously there was i would say rogers he did first mention it just before the forest game um that he wanted to but then he sort of said it in more serious terms after the forest game Mm -hmm. um that he this is what he wanted um speaking to him in february he said that he wanted that five or six signings would constitute kind of the refresh that he wanted um but it it He's now admitted. I spoke to him in Belgium after the Leuven game, and he basically admitted it's not going to happen as to the to the extent that he wanted. Um, so yes, it needs to and he, he said that and he said it needs to be players needs need mm. to go first. And I just think that they've had a little bit of difficulty. Um, maybe because of the knock-on effect of COVID all around football, it's only really the, the very richest clubs that that haven't had an impact, that it hasn't mm. been an impact on. Um, there's not been the funds there for other clubs to come in and buy Leic- the players that Leicester want to move on. Um, mm. Obviously, the previous years, the, a big chunk of their transfer business has been funded by selling a key player, but again, it doesn't really seem like that's going to, obviously, it didn't happen last summer for the first time. Yeah. You could argue if Tielemans goes this summer, that would be a key player going. But the fee, because he's only got a year left on his contract, the fee won't be on Mares maguire level. Yeah, so yes, um, yeah, that's that's been an, a, a difficulty as well.
2: Andrew says here, uh, makes me wonder how much the training ground is costing to run every week. I must admit, I think I'm sure earlier on, I saw there was a couple of games at the training ground today which were non-Leicester, which were like under-19 games. So I'm thinking... You know, they, presumably they're like renting it out
0: or something to get a bit of money in. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think it's this next-generation cup that Leicester... Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. The Leicester yeah. were involved. Leicester's under... It was a, a sort of a Leicester under-19 team played yesterday and it's played a, a team from India and won mm. 6-3, I think it was, in the end. I think they were 6-0 yeah. up and then it finished 6-3. Um, so, yeah, it's a little tournament that Leicester are hosting at, at, yeah. at Seagrave. Um, but I... I, I Yes, I imagine it probably does cost a lot to run, the training mm-hmm. ground, um, you know, in terms of the the pitches and the, the kind of the looking after those. And obviously there's the, they'll have an, uh, you know, an amount of staff that work across all the buildings and things like that. But I don't think it's a, a great deal more than they would have been paying when they were at uh, Beaver Drive. So mm-hmm. um, obviously once you've got the, once you've spent the money to build yeah. the thing, I don't think it's um yeah, I don't think that's a, a too significant. Yeah.
2: I mean we, we had a discussion the other day, didn't we, Craig, about yeah. saying earlier about Michael, we'll just to go back to that. And <laughs> what what I've noticed with Brendan is that he had say he had Benkovic with him at Scotland for uh, a couple of seasons. He was mm-hmm. a regular player when he wasn't injured, but he obviously just didn't see something in him that that he thought would work in the Premier League and he had with Danny Ward i think he had him when he was at liverpool um God, when he was at Leicester. is that i mean surely why are we looking to buy someone we're short of money when i think mm-hmm. I and mean, craig will disagree with me mm-hmm. won't you craig but i think he's is the ready made replacement
1: well I, I i disagreed when the the conversation was about do we get rid of Schmeichel? and my thought was there's more value in letting Danny Ward go on the back of his performances for Wales. He had a higher market value and I didn't necessarily think he was that, that big an upgrade on the others that are coming through behind um, to warrant keeping him when you were looking to raise cash. That was my my thought process. That out of all the goalkeepers, that, that's where your money's going to come. Obviously, you will save more from Schmeichel's... Um, Wages, but the question has to be asked: if we're scouting the goalkeeping market, clearly there must be a question mark over the pipeline of the other keepers that we have at the club.
0: I think that's I think that's a, a totally a fair point. Yes, I think if I before I I was aware of that that there were sort of scouting goalkeepers. I think if I was told that that Schmeichel was going to leave this summer, I think I would have expected. Um. Ward and Everson to um, to fight it out as number yeah. one. And particularly for the past couple of years, Rogers has, Rogers has always said, I've got two number ones at the club mm-hmm. um, and that's how he's referred to Ward. Um, I do think Ward has deserved more game time. I think I'd have liked to have seen him um, play the European games last season. I think yeah. he probably you know he's been at the been at the club for such a long time now, and not really played all that often. I do think he has deser- deserved more opportunities, um, particularly for how well he has played in the cup competitions mm-hmm. when he, I know, Forest aside. Um, but yeah, I think he has played well. So yeah, but uh, the fact that they are scouting does suggest that, that maybe there's not as much, um, you know, not a great deal of confidence um, in either him or Everson coming in as number one. Um, but it may have just been a case of, you know, seeing what was out there, seeing if there were any deals they could do. I think the links to Brighton's Robert Sanchez were particularly intriguing mm. in that he is, if you sort of look at all the number ones in the Premier League last season, he comes for more crosses than any other yeah. goalkeeper. Obviously, that's not something that Schmeichel particularly does. I don't think Schmeichel, I think Schmeichel was 13th or 14th um, in the list, so not, not right at the bottom, Um but obviously it's kind of part of his reputation that he doesn't you know he is a goalkeeper that tends to stay on his line yeah um yeah. you know and there are benefits to that but, you know you you are less likely to to make mistakes i think if you do that but i think that was intriguing because you know they've obviously got this issue with set pieces the one thing they didn't really do to be, to be fair to rodgers after he it probably took him i would say too long to notice that it was a problem but once he recognized it was an issue he did try different things he did try man marking he did try zonal he did try a mix of the two he put players on the post he put players on the halfway line none of them really helped Mm -hmm. the one thing they didn't do was change their goalkeeper to somebody who comes for crosses Mm -hmm. um so whether that's a consideration it could be i think yeah as i said i think the fact that they were linked to robert sanchez um Who that is his big strength, I think, is key. But you know, probably people will remember the goal that Amate scored at Brighton, yes, um, during the COVID game. So, empty stadium, um, Sanchez came for that, missed it. Amate had an empty net to head into, yeah. So, there are dangers to it. Um, but if you're a team that concedes a lot from set pieces. Mm having a goalkeeper there who will command at least the six-yard box um, probably does relieve a little bit of pressure and does help you well, on that front. We, we
2: been... marking, don't we, Craig? Especially for yeah. <laughs> the way Portugal oh, yeah. executed it the other night.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen some of it. Yeah, exactly. Portugal the, the women's team was was shockingly bad. Um, but, I, I mean, out of all the things he tried, my favourite one was just leaving three players up, up the pitch because it seemed like there was more room... For our defenders to actually defend and less likelihood of them being blocked off, which also seem to be a problem. The more players you put in the box, the more chances you're going to get of being blocked off. That allied to a keeper that doesn't come out is a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, I think the, um, I, you could, I think you could argue it the other way, and that if there's, there's less people in the box, there's more room for, uh, the attacking players yeah. to yeah. to to run on. I think I saw that. I think it was the Rotherham boss, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Warren, was asked about that recently about why he doesn't put um, any players on the halfway line, and he actually got really got really annoyed about the question. <laughs> well, I did um, see that actually. Yeah, he did, um, didn't he? yeah. And he um, he's saying, well, because we're there, you know, we're not there to score from an opposition corner. We're there to defend it. Um, yeah. But I can kind of understand it. I think sometimes it does help. Um I think particularly because Leicester haven't got a a very big team. I think if you put players on the halfway mm. line and it drags taller players out, yeah. um because what Leicester Leicester, yes, Leicester don't have a particularly mm. uh tall team and you you want as few mismatches as possible. Obviously, the Ricardo marking Tammy Abraham in the, mm. the, the Roma game obviously it was you know a prime example of yeah. that. Um yeah. but you know Rogers basically said after that I ran out of tall players. Um, you know, once Evans and Fafana are marking their centre backs, mm-hmm. there there aren't really any other players. You know, I remember being I rem- injured as well. Yeah,
1: I remember that that incident particularly, and I, and I put a couple of freeze frames up uh, after that game as to where Schmeichel was when the ball was kicked, and where Schmeichel was when the ball hit Tammy Abraham's head, and his first his starting position was exactly where the ball came and his first instinct was to move backwards to his goal which left him exposed uh, and leaves the defender exposed one minute you're there marking and with a keeper next to you next minute the keeper's gone awol so i think you're right going back to the whole thing i think that commanding presence has gone you know um from schmeichel's game He, he still talks a good game and he still gives the the refs a hard time, but he doesn't command that six yard box. And I think it's critical
2: in, in in the modern game to be able to do that. Just sticking with sort of defense and goalkeepers at the moment. I mean, I hope this isn't true because I've read this and I I put a a, a, a definite please tell me this isn't true tweet out, but. If, uh, if Arsenal will come on to Tillemans later, mm. if they are going to try and get that, they're trying to go and offer us Leno as part of the deal. I mean, please tell me. Please tell me that isn't going to happen.
0: I, I mean, as far as I was aware, I thought Leno was moving to Fulham. Um, mm. it's, not one I've, uh, it's not one I'm particularly aware of. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think they... I mean, I don't think he's a... Again, I would say probably... From my knowledge of Leno, is that he's quite similar to Schmeichel in that yeah. he's a decent mm. shot stopper, but not necessarily somebody who is, um, you know, who is, who is commanding. I mean, I mean, if you can't get into Arsenal's first team squad, then
2: <laughs> it says something, doesn't it? At the moment, yeah. Well, to be
0: fair, I was I was really surprised when they when they bought Ramsdale and and you know and then made Ramsdale number one ahead of Leno because I didn't mm. think uh, Ramsdale was all that. Good. I think I was, I, I don't think I was alone in that. I think there was a few people that thought that. Yeah. But um, no, I think that decision has been justified by Ramsdale's yeah. performances this season, oh. particularly oh, yeah. those against Leicester. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: You definitely. Um, Facebook user here says, and it's a point we were discussing um, at the start before you could come back in. Uh, he says, Do we need to sign new players with no European football? The squad is good enough with no new injuries. Just loan out the lesser players to reduce the wage bill.
0: I think it's a fair point. I, I think if well, as things stand, they will be able to play their strongest lineup against Brentford in the opening game of the season. It's the first time since January twenty twenty one, which was the game they beat Chelsea to go top of the league briefly just before Lampard got signed. where right. um, they played extremely well in that game. Just, From what I can see, that it will be the first time since then where they have what most people would deem their best eleven all of those players are available. Mm. So they've not not had that for such a long time. Um, And when they do have that, they do have a very, very good team. Um, And I think that's where, if you're looking to be optimistic for this, uh, for the coming season, I think that's where your optimism will lie, that you're going to get to see Fafana play regularly. You're going to get to see Madison play with Vardy for the whole season. You're going to get to see Barnes. um, You know, if you... Look at Yes, he played a lot last season, but the start of last season, he'd had the two knee operations. And it felt like, to me anyway, that he was sort of always playing catch-up. Right. Um, right. He's not got that anymore. You've got Justin's fit. Ricardo's had another, you know, an extra year. Castagna's fit, obviously, coming into last season, he had his face facial surgery that he'd had in yes. the summer. So that took him a little bit of time. Um, Evans has not got his foot problem anymore. So there are there are lots of um, there are lots of positives on that front. I think I kind of agree with Rogers in that when you have too many too many years with the same squad, it can become a little bit stale, and you do need something to freshen it up. Um, but also, it is a you know these are. Uh, these are very good players, as as we've said. And they,
2: well, you know, I, I think we've said before, didn't we, Craig, that mm. it was that we were almost like a victim of our own success mm. last season because we'd had two such good seasons, um, and we know that our squad were capable of doing that. And I'm just watching Luckman on Sky Sports at the moment. Um, that, that when we you know because we hit all the injuries, a lot of players are out, etc. And like I say, you know. <laughs> It it didn't end up a bad season. The European semi-final and and eighth place. But uh, that is... Go on, Craig.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's a broader uh, danger, I I, I would say. And it'd be interesting to get your take on this, Jordan. Is that the fact that we are unable to sign players at the moment. um, We've always been very good at having the pipeline. So we've had the players in. For a good season before being able to let someone go, shall we say. I'd be very surprised if we're in this position next season and we manage to keep Madison and Fafana, both of them to be honest. You know, if we could keep one, I think it'd be great. I'd be very surprised if one or the other doesn't go. And the fact that what appears to be the players that we've identified as the pipeline are going to other clubs because we've not been able to bring them in, does that give us a longer term issue if we haven't got European football at the end of this season to keep those players with us?
0: Yes, I think I think a prolonged period without European football does that. I think there are probably um I think they've become used to it now. The mm-hmm. you know, I think they're they're fully aware that that Leicester's best players anyway are fully aware that they are capable of playing in a team. Um that can play in Europe. Obviously, it requires other clubs um, to be interested in them. I don't think Fafana will have any problems with that. Uh, obviously, there is lots of talk about Chelsea at the minute. Um, I think yes, come next summer. I think he, I think he's probably l- likely to be one that is is targeted, um, and obviously, Leicester are in a really good position with him. Obviously, having signed his new contract yeah. uh, in March. Um, I do think it will be a different scenario next summer. I think they can, they can probably start to, um, they can probably start to uh, plan ahead a little bit because mm-hmm. there are so many players out of contract next summer that even a lot of them are players that they would rather sell this year, yeah. but they know for a fact that they'll be able that they will leave next year, so they know that the wage budget uh, will be freed in that sense, so they can afford to bring players in. Um, and they can start planning for that now. Um I think in terms of the draw uh, in terms of attracting players uh, you know they they sort of signed Dakha and Samare last summer when they only had Euro- Europa League football and both of those players were at clubs that had Champions League football. Yeah. Um so I do think the kind of the draw of the English game can can help in in that sense but I think in terms of keeping players I do think it, it is a little bit more difficult once they've experienced European yeah. football, and you know they've they've got that taste of it. I think they do they do want it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, Levi Colville, who's been mentioned quite a lot as who would have been if he becomes available, a really good prospect to bed yeah. in for a season. Yeah, that would lessen the loss of Fafana uh, and the fact that. You know, he may end up going to somewhere like Southampton, who you wouldn't normally think we would be a bigger draw than Southampton. And it's that kind of issue that we're having in terms of being able to bring players in that means that we may miss out on two or three younger prospects that Brendan may have liked.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. But um, yes, I, do, I I think he's, he's definitely one that they do like. Uh, and as you say, he really does fit what they... Mm. You know, he does feel like a Leicester signing. Um, And actually, speaking to Rodgers, I think he said it around April time, he did say that um, Leicester would look at players that were on the fringes of the the big six teams Uh, because, you know, obviously he was at Chelsea as a reserve coach and, and academy coach. He was at Liverpool. He's aware how big these squads are and how many talented players they have and how difficult it is to keep them happy. Obviously, the situation with Colwell, it seems like Chelsea are strengthening with with mm. plenty of centre-backs. Obviously, they brought in Koulibaly and they're, they're trying to sign plenty of others as well. Yeah. And he's not going to get those opportunities um, that he will feel deserving of after playing mm. so well for Huddersfield last season. But yes, I think, yes, ordinarily, Leicester would bring in, um, you know, Leicester would be planning ahead and they've done that very well. They're obviously bringing in Justin a year before Chilwell left, yeah. worked out really well. Bringing in Soyuncu a year before Maguire left ended up working out really well. Um, so it does feel a little bit like they've, they've lost a little bit of that. And I, I, I've written before that you don't have to make too many mistakes in terms of squad planning. You can, you know, a few yeah. too many long contracts here and there, yeah. a few too many dud signings, and all of a sudden you end up with a problem like Leicester have got at, at the minute. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like they've made any Grand errors in the transfer market, just a, a few little mistakes, um, has got them into this situation where, the, where they're struggling a little. Bit. I think we seem
2: to be getting better. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not a long in the distant memory of uh, we you know Slomani, who was a 30 million pound write off. But in, in the other side, as you were saying, fringe players. You know, Muzzy, is it at Chelsea? You know, mm. That wasn't a bad, a bad buy. But I, this is a, a, a double a double question for you here, if, it's like, if I can, Jordan. Mm-hmm. is Was Brendan right to come out and say publicly, like, we're going to have to sell before we can buy? Um, because it and obviously almost alerts other clubs to, like you know, <laughs> we've got to sell players and they're sort of coming in for the likes of Fafana, possibly in Madison. And b, the other thing is those players that we've got have we been too generous with the deals that we've given them? Have we got a lot of players that necessarily aren't good enough for a regular first team uh, slot, but they're on good money and they're quite prepared to sit down and not you win know, and don't want to go elsewhere because they'll be on less money
0: yeah well with the um with the first question i uh, I think it's difficult because uh... You know, from a journalist point of view, I was glad Roger said it because it's a better story when you get uh, when you get honesty from the manager. Um, I think there's a uh, yeah. I think personally, I think you know, speaking as a from a fan's perspective, I think I would probably like him to do it as well because it it makes things a little bit clearer. Um, Yeah, from the sort of the business, the transfer business side yes maybe not but then it's only going to lead to i think he's aware that it's only going to lead to more questions if he doesn't come out and say that well you're still asking well why why aren't you doing any business then um and also they they are in a position where you know they are less players they are under contract um you know they still get to decide how much they sell them for and if clubs don't come in with a, a big enough offer they don't have to sell um so they still have a they still have a little bit of of strength in their in their hand um as for the second question, yes, I think that's that's the case a little bit. They they, they probably do have players on decent money um, that are on the fringes, but you know they were trying to build a squad that could consistently challenge the 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 top clubs. And so, you know, when you have injuries, you need decent backups um, to be able to come in and, and, yeah. and play well. The, one of the ways, one of the ways to get good backup players, is to is to pay them well. You know, not all footballers yeah. are happy sitting on a bench and playing. You know, mm-hmm. ten or fifteen games a season. Most of them want to be playing forty games a season. Um, but it certainly sweetens the deal a little bit if you're paying mm-hmm. han- if you're being paid handsomely. Obviously, there's the kind of issue with that the Premier League wages have risen so sharply um, that. You know, say other clubs from overseas want to sign a, a Leicester fringe player, even if they're at a similar level to Leicester in their own division, they're not going to be offering Premier League wages. Uh, that's just
2: mm.
0: it is that's just a, the nature of the Premier League. Mm. Um So yes, I think that it probably is a little bit of a, a difficulty from that yeah. point of view.
2: I want to come on to our Belgian contingent in a second because there's a, there's a question in. um in the chat, that I want to ask, but I'll, I'll I want to first of all touch back on our Denmark contingent. Um, we are and, and Craig's smiling, I think he knows what's coming here. Uh, I can't believe it. I mean, we we Vestergaard, we all know it wasn't the best season, he came into a club whose defense was changing every week. Um, we we, we played the formation that would just fit in with the number of fit defenders we've got. Uh, we have got different players in different positions, and he got injured himself. But he's not been a success at Leicester. I don't think he will ever be the first choice. And Brentford have come in with a offer, and we obviously don't know how much that is. And Leicester have gone and said no. Well, they'd have got a player off the wage bill and got you know at least a few million in for him.
0: Yeah, well, I think I, I think with regard to that, I think there's probably a hope that they will have managed to get a little bit more for him than whatever was offered um i I don't think he has a future at the club to be honest i don't think it's a case that they're rejecting bids because they're thinking um you know that they want to keep him i think the moment indeed he started ahead of him at centre-back was it made it clear that um he was always going to be lower down the packing order i don't think it's necessarily vestergaard's fault um i just don't think I, i think it's just a poor signing in that his style of defending does not fit the style of defending, um,
2: but who also, the, Leicester's style of defending. But him, I thought Bertram was going to be a good signing. Neither particularly worked out well, but who at Leicester would have negotiated a deal where we're losing our um, chief transfer negotiator going off to Atlanta or whatever the actual official title is. So we go and get one from Southampton. But Southampton say, well, you can't have him until the end of the transfer window, even when they get the replacement in from Manchester City. I mean, they they must have seen us coming with that one, didn't they, Southampton?
0: Yeah, I got the impression that that was pre-written in Martin Glover's contract, that if he was to leave, he wouldn't be able to start in a transfer window. He would only be able to start after a transfer window. I think it's probably different for the guy that they got in from Man City because he wasn't a recruitment chief. I think he was a, a sort of a youth youth scout of some sort. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's a little bit different than he, which he's been able to start straight away. I think with with Congerton leaving, I think Leicester would have already planned in advance what they would want, wanted to do this window um, you know that that would have been set out before he left um, in March time. I think it was. Um, I think where the issue lies is that if you then have to change your plans, you've then not got somebody there to oversee that. Um, but they do have. You know, Rogers said that. They do have people in the scouting team and the recruitment team that were stepping up and stepping up with their responsibility a little bit. He did say he and John Rudkin would have to take more responsibility for it as well. Um, I think naturally, you know, because when it came down to the real decision-making it was the three Mm -hmm. of them. So Rogers, Congerton and Rudkin. Um, so naturally they would have to take on more. I don't think that's great. I think we've sort of moved past the idea of managers being totally involved in the transfer process. Um, I think it, there's so much to consider now in terms of transfers, in terms of the analytics, and mm. making sure that you do get the you do get the the deal right. You do bring in the right player. Um, you don't. I think you want the manager on the coaching pitch working there. Yes, they need to say what position they want and yeah, what yeah. type of player they want mm. yeah. um, to fit that their style of play. Obviously, that's important. But I think then it needs to be down to the recruitment team. To be fair, Rogers, I think. Rogers is aware that it's not his strong suit. I think speaking to him not long after he moved over from Liverpool, um, not long after he moved to Leicester, he said that when he was at Liverpool, he had to get involved in the transfer side of things because it was just after they'd been bought by uh, Fenway Group, Mm -hmm. their owners. Um, They didn't really know what they were doing in terms of the transfer market so he had to get involved and I think he realised then that it's not his strong suit what he's best at is on the coaching pitch Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think it's it's not an it's not an ideal situation to not have a a head of recruitment um but I think there would have been a lot of planning going go into it um Mm -hmm. ahead of that and obviously they do still have you know plenty of people Mm -hmm. in the recruitment yeah yeah
2: Craig have you got uh, another
0: question yeah
1: I mean I was surprised um that they didn't allow Vestergaard to go to, to uh, Brentford. Obviously, you know, we don't know what the offer was for it, but I was more surprised in the fact, and I know um, uh, it's not a widely held opinion, but I think the guy that Brentford have picked up instead of Vestergaard, Ben Mee, would have been a much better proposition for us yeah. in fitting the fact that he's a really aggressive centre-half, which is something that we lack. Uh, and he's very vocal, and he's left-sided. For me, he ticked a lot of boxes on a free transfer, um, but but Brentford have got him, and they may well have not gone for him if they'd have got Vestergaard.
0: Yeah, I think I think Mee's an interesting one, in that Burnley's style of defending is so different to Leicester's. Um, I, th- I think there's a... He's clearly very good in terms of the... As you say, he is a an aggressive defender mm. in some of the areas that where Leicester perhaps needed you know needed strengthening. so he's extremely good at you know winning 50 50 battles in the yeah. air uh, you know from crosses into the box. He'll throw his body on the line. He's, he's that kind of committed yeah. defender. but I think he's so used to being with Burnley that you kind of have to, yeah. you sit deep they don't yeah, they yeah. kind of defend the box. I think that's really the issue that Leicester have is that you need a player to be capable of rushing out and meeting a player on the halfway line and trying to nip in and win the ball yeah. there uh, with, how, with how Rodgers wants to play. And I just think... And I think thought it was the same with Tarkovsky as well, who obviously they were, obviously mm. they did make bids for um, a, a couple of summers ago. It, you, they might be good at it. Okay. And they might be able to do that. But it's hard to tell because Burnley never do that. Um, yes, yeah. so it, it, that's a little bit difficult and yeah. I don't know with obviously me's getting on a little bit now yeah. uh, as you say free transfer so it would have been a cheaper deal um, and obviously he seems like a top professional from mm. you know everything that I've seen you know interviews I've seen mm. and things like that he does seem like a really good player to have in a squad but yeah I think those kind of considerations Leicester mm. would have um, they want somebody who is a, a front foot defender yeah.
2: and Dan from Turf Morehouse TV Burnley fan he he said all that these players or they'd be good for Leicester he'd be good for Leicester we're not getting anybody and is that the fact that we're not you know um, I mean we've we've never been sort of shopping at Howard's here like Manchester City and Liverpool but we had recently been shopping at Waitrose but the way things are going on we're going to be back down to Aldi aren't we because not the fact that we necessarily can't afford it but it's what's going to be left
0: Yeah, I do think that's a a concern as well. And I think I did look at, um, I suppose it wasn't the most scientific of uh, sort of experiments, but I did look at kind of the players that Leicester have signed over the past few years where they've signed them in sort of June and the sort of the first half of July and then looked at the players that they've signed second half of July, August, a kind of early window, late window. Uh, The players they signed in the early window were a lot, lot better. You know, you've got Ricardo, Madison, um, Evans, players like that, you know, really successful signings where it felt like there was a lot of planning involved. They've got them early in the window. Mm. They've managed to, you know, and they've ended up becoming big successes at the club. The later signings, um, like Vestergaard, like Benkovic, um, they've not turned out so well. There's been a few. So, Yunchu, I think, was signed on a deadline day Uh, one year, obviously, ended up being certainly a a, good, a very good player um, for Leicester uh, in it for a couple of seasons. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, yes, I think the further you get into the transfer window, uh, the more difficult it is to get good deals. But, you know, you end up with, I think, for, obviously Fafana arrived in the the window where it was like people could still buy into October and he mm-hmm. arrived quite late, ended up being a, yeah. a brilliant signing, probably the best of the past few years. So mm-hmm. it can still be done. Um, but you're right. I think the options do go down, the, there and there's probably been a few players I would have liked to have seen at Leicester that have already moved on.
2: I know. Yes, <laughs> I'm crossing them off every every day. You know, you see the name come up on Sky Sports, oh, oh no, he's he's gone there, so that's mm-hmm. another one off. Um, talking about play, we, we, we mentioned that before the Belgian contingent. Uh, might as well do it all in one question. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dennis Pratt. To me, he's impressed me in pre-season. Um, and I would love to keep him, but I don't. Think, I think it's probably gone on too far now uh, with, with, with him. Or, or do you think he could stay? And what is happening with Tielemans? You know, he seems to be holding out. I mean, I think this time last year he would have got a lot more offers because he obviously just scored the goal in the FA Cup and uh, he was playing in his more natural position. Um, the offers haven't come in. Arsenal after him, but haven't put an offer in. I mean, you know, and I know we can't seem to have both. Do you think Cornay will uh, Cornay? That's because Dan's been talking Cornay in the chat. Do you think um, Pratt would stay, and would, should we keep him if he if he if he is interested? And Will Tillemans, Will he just sign sign a contract extension so we can get on with things?
0: With Pratt, I I don't think he will stay. No, I think that's. I, I agree with most Leicester fans. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's one of those players that um, makes others in the team better, uh, which I think is a, it's not something you can really assess with sort of statistics and things like that. But he just seems to, um, yeah, he's like a facilitator basically. You just get better performances out of everybody else when he's on the pitch. Um, he's a very good all-rounder. I just think he. He very clearly wants first-team football, um, and I think he won't get that at, at Leicester. I think he would be... Uh, certainly, if Tielemans ends up staying, I think it will be Tielemans and Dewsbury Hall playing as the two number 8s, and it will be Manson on the right. Uh, yeah. I don't think Pratt would be too pleased with that. I think he wants to be a regular starter, and I think he knows he can be a regular starter in a top division somewhere. His reputation in Italy is very, very good. Um, if you look at Torino's results when he was playing and when he wasn't playing, it's a world of difference. I think yeah. they would have, if, you know, if you, you know, when he played, I think they had kind of top six European form. When he didn't play, they had relegation form. Uh, so they ended up mid table because he obviously had a, he had a few uh, little injuries while he was while he was there. Um, so I think he's a player that Leicester will be able to. Um, to move on, I think, because his reputation is so high in Italy. I just can't see I think there's a there would need to be a re- rebuilding of bridges with Rogers as well. I think Pratt spoke in an interview not long after he joined Torino where he felt like he'd not had an explanation from Rogers, which it does feel unlike Rogers. He is generally pretty good at that and keeping his fringe players, you know, involved and enthusiastic. Um but obviously there was the end of that season before where Leicester had changed formations and they were playing with, with Ian Accio and Vardy at front and they had that the number 10 spot behind him. Kind of Perez and Madison were sharing it. Uh I think Perez started the FA Cup final, for example. Um, mm. but neither were in particularly outstanding form. And I think Pratt felt that he deserved more opportunities um, in that position. I think the only game Pratt started there was the the West Ham game, which was the one where Madison and Perez weren't there because they were sort of barred yeah. from the team after the breaking the yeah. COVID rules. Um, yeah. you know, and that was the only opportunity he got. I think he felt he deserved more than that, and I think fans would probably agree with him on that front. Um mm. so no, I can't see him staying with Tielemans. Um obviously as the, the longer it goes on and the obviously Arsenal having bought more players now, I think the fact that they brought Zinchenko is quite significant. I know he's a he's kind of become a left back, but I can see them using his, using him as a midfielder if they're obviously with Tierney as, as their left back. And I think they they were looking for somebody in midfield who could replace uh, Xhaka in kind of the left centre midfield role. And I think Zinchenko could end up being that person for them. Um, it now seems to be that Arsenal need to move players on before they can put in another bid uh, or put in any bid. Um, so, yes, the longer it goes on, I think the less likely he is to move. I, as for Leicester's stance on it, I, I, Rogers kind of... Suggested it might be a possibility that he would just he could stay for another year and then leave on a free transfer um, next summer. But really, when I, when I asked him about Tielemans a couple of weeks ago, he, he just he basically kept talking about how professional he is and that he is a you know he is a brilliant player to have in the squad. And I do mm-hmm. think that's important. I think I've seen a lot of people suggest that you know he's going to stink the place out because if he doesn't get his move or whatever, um, he's totally not like that. Yeah. He's he. he I think you know people were saying as well towards the end of last season that he wasn't playing very well, and it was because he didn't really care. Again, that's that is not him at all. Um, it, you know, I think he was just shattered. To be honest, he played yeah. so many games. Well, and like like Craig said,
2: you, you know, he's like a midfield general, isn't he, Craig? <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris. Chris takes the mick
1: out of me because I, I class him as a quarterback. Uh, I have done. I, I see Telemus as the quarterback that makes everyone else. But I thought there was also uh, the the thing with Tielemans that he felt a weight of responsibility, um, which weighed a little bit on him, knowing that what was going on behind him wasn't particularly solid, that he seemed a little bit reticent to go forward as he had done in the past. And therefore, he was taking a bit longer on the ball and he was getting caught on it. I think it was amalgamation of all these things that, that saw the dip for me.
0: Yeah, I... I would agree with you in terms of the the start of last season when Leicester really weren't playing very well. I got the sense that they were struggling in attack because they they weren't willing to take risks on the ball because they knew how vulnerable the defence was. Mm. I think when the that was sort of, sort of the first sort of seven or eight games or so. Um, yeah, I think with Tidewins, I think it was just tiredness. I think you know even just for Leicester, he's played. 25 more games than yeah. any other outfield player over the past two seasons you know that's a, that's a big yeah. over, over two seasons that's a huge amount and then yeah. that's not even counting um, the number of games he's played for Belgium in that time which is pretty much all of all of them that Belgium have played um, so yes he is uh, I think he I think he's looked really good in pre-season. And I think you know he's finally had a little bit of a break he's had three yeah. weeks off um, so uh, yeah I I don't think it would be dreadful if he ended up staying, um, and then left next next summer on a free transfer. One
2: of those players, I think we've seen, you know, even last season uh, towards the end. I mean, you know, he he was going mad if we even want to throw in. You know, yes, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think we've got another Mares on our hands here. (laughs) Just put it that way. Anthony's in. Good evening, Anthony. Arsenal fan. (laughs) Eight million by. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit more than that. I mean. I mean, surely at some point, because we don't want to sell him on sort of the last day, you know, on, on deadline day. Yes, we might have some people in the pipeline. But we know what Leicester are like, don't we, with, you know, transfer deadlines and going over them for a few seconds. Isn't there a point when Leicester should turn around to him and say, look, a bit like with Maguire, I suppose, like, here's the contract. There's two great, you know, get out clauses in it. A, that if we've offered so much money or B, a certain type of team come in. But please just sign it so that at least we can get something for you. I mean, we lost 30 million, million, like I say, on Slamani. We can't afford to lose 40 million uh, on on Tielemans, but we've not got that sort of money, have we?
0: No, I, I just can't. I think I just can't see that happening because I think Tielemans has, has obviously got into this position where he's in a very strong position as a player. Um, I can't see him then sort of negotiating that away. As you say, there are things they could put in a contract. Um, but I think that would still weaken his hand um, more than it is now, where he's you know he's only got a year left in his contract, and he will be able to leave for for on a free transfer and join any club he wants to next summer, provided they offer him a contract. So I can't see that happening. But I agree that Leicester do need to make a kind of probably do need to set themselves a date. I don't think he's the sort of player that can leave without being replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing you you could do, I suppose, is if you give Madison Tielemann's duties yeah. and then bring in a player to play right wing. Um that's a that's maybe a possibility. But uh, yeah, I think he's I think at some point Leicester will have to decide, well we're not going we're not getting any bids for him. Um We either need to really push to sell him and we'll like you know start offering him to teams for like 15 million or whatever just so we can get some money for him or you say okay let's keep him you know he might be he's such a good player that with him in the team Leicester's chances of qualifying for the champions league say are much much higher even if they were to get 25 million for him i don't think there is as good a player that they could get for that money which I think that's the problem, really, because I think when when they sold Maguire for 80, um, and when they sold Chilwell for 50, it was quite clear that, okay, they're going to be, they could quite easily bring in a player of at least similar quality for less than that. You know, obviously yeah. they brought in Fafana for 32. I think most Leicester fans would probably say Fafana is better than Maguire. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, they brought in yeah. Castagna. Yeah. For after Chilwell left for half mm. the money, um, I think he's a terrific player. Castania, very, very consistent. Obviously, can play on both sides. Mm. Um, so th- th- but you can't with if you're getting 25 million pounds for, t- for Telemans, you, you, I don't think you can do that. I don't think there are any players in that that bracket. Um, that you I asked Craig with.
2: to um put on Brendan's shoes and pick, pick a team, don't I? In the previous yeah. shows, but would you say? Uh, Craig that, that like Jordan's just said then if we keep him we might you know it could be the difference between getting eighth and sixth so it could be the difference between yeah. no Europe and Europe then obviously if we move into Europe we're going to get more money than obviously not being in it and then that would you know negate some yeah. the loss we're making on him would you do that would you say stay and the possibility we'll lose you for nothing but you might just get us into Europe
1: I think there's a couple of things. If if it was me, um, and I know the world doesn't work perfectly, I would be going to Arsenal and say, have him as long as we can have Saliba uh, as a replacement. Uh, Or not a replacement, but in return, and pair him back up with Fofana. And I think you would be buying an asset that would get you a big transfer fee going forward if you got Saliba in as well. Mm -hmm. That's probably not going to happen. But... For me, I would say your best bet is that Tielemans plays so well next season that he gets us into Europe and he gets big clubs bigger than Arsenal coming for him. Um, for me, that's uh, I would hope that that would be Tielemans' thought process. I'm going to show everybody that... Because at one point, we thought the biggest clubs around Europe were going to be coming in yeah. for Tielemans. And, and it didn't happen for whatever reason um and now it looks like it's just arsenal maybe manu i don't know if there's any truth in that but it could be that he he just sees his contract out but he puts himself in a strong position by his performances on the pitch because the last thing he would want is to have a dip in form and the people would still take him but his stock would be less yes
0: yeah i think sorry i was just going to say i think there's a, a a possibility as well that you know he plays for another year at leicester Um, say Leicester do really well and qualify for Europe he's out of contract next summer if no other clubs come in for him he could I I don't think it's unrealistic that he would at that point he would sign a new contract Mm. at Leicester because Mm. he is happy where he is Um, you know he's um, he's living with his wife and his his daughters are in school in the county Um, you know he's he is this is not a player who is upset or unhappy Mm. with where he is it's a player that's, you know, thinking about his career and thinking, well, could I play for somewhere better? I've only got, um, you know, ten years max left in my career. Kind mm. um, of, is there anywhere else I can play so I can ma- make sure I'm maximizing what I can get out of my um, profession? I want to win mm. trophies, things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's you know, I don't think it's unrealistic that he could get to the end of next season. None of the big clubs have yet come in for him, and he ends mm. up staying at Leicester because they are a really good club that, you know, they are in terms of European football. I think you would, in terms of attractiveness, if particularly if they've got at least Europa League football, I think you would say that they're, you know, probably in the top 20 or 30 in Europe, um, in terms of, in terms of attractiveness and what they can offer players. So, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think that's out of the question, but, um, And we are in the Premier League, and that is a a big draw for a lot of players.
2: Some good news there, and Ant probably just fell off his chair when you uh, said who you were going to swap him for there, Craig, (laughs) because he's suddenly gone quiet in the chat, uh, the Arsenal fan. But he says the good news is apparently that Leno is having a medical at Fulham. They're getting him for £8 So, (laughs) phew. And before we come on to sort of who who we might want to get rid of, who might be going... Any more questions, Craig? Yeah, I I have. Um, Obviously, last year, we
1: saw the breakthrough of Dewsbury Hall. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody who we could see making the breakthrough this year? I'm thinking particularly about Callum Wright, who um, I'm a little bit surprised about. From what I saw of him at Cheltenham, he looked a really exciting prospect. I'm a little bit surprised that we've only given him a year's deal because that means that if he stays and makes a breakthrough, he could leave. He goes on loan, has a great year, he can leave. So I'm a little bit confused as to why that's just been only a year's contract. But he looks a prospect to me. Obviously, you've got the likes of Braybrook, Braybrook a little bit further down. But is there anybody that you've seen that you may think could be their breakthrough year?
0: I don't think so this year, no. No. I think it was a different situation for Dewsbury Hall. You know, as a player, winning player of the season, as a championship club, he's played at a very, that's a very, very good level to play at. Um, I think it was clear that he could make the step up. I've also liked what I've seen of Callum Wright, um, both at Cheltenham and in pre-season. I think there was a really revealing quote from um, Chris Davis, speaking after the uh, Derby game, where Wright obviously scored the last goal and he said, um you know he can we think he can go on and have a really good career it was kind of said in the sense that that won't be a career at at Leicester Mm. uh that's the that's the kind of the the way I took it anyway I think in terms of how it was a one-year deal I think that was because it it was kind of just there was an option in the contract for Leicester to just extend his deal and I think they just took that option um because they know he is an asset that they could potentially sell this summer um because I think he is at least championship level now, I yeah. think, with the way, I think there would, if they were about about to sell him, I think there would be championship interest. Um, yeah, because I think, I don't think it's out of the question that you could step up from League One to, to the Premier League. Um, You know, James Justin mm-hmm. had only played League One level when he yeah. joined Leicester, you know, and within... um 18 months of joining, he was being touted for, for England, yeah. obviously just before his uh his knee injury. Obviously, three years on, he has he did get an England um outing. So I don't think it's impossible, but I just get the sense that maybe they don't think Wright is quite that quite ready to to make mm-hmm. the step up. And as you say, yeah. kind of the next tier of young players are kind of slightly further behind. Yeah. Um I think you need to see. Obviously, Nelson's gone out on loan to, to Rochdale today. Get him first experience of, of League football. Um, which I d- he's obviously being a centre back. I think te- centre backs probably don't tend to break through until a little bit later. They're looking. I know that they're looking for a loan for Braybrook. So I think he will go out on loan this this season. Um, but I think he will. Uh, yeah, I think he will come back. And I, I would say he's probably the most like to be next, but I think I would probably say that more likely to be next season. Yeah, um, just because I think he is, I think he obviously needs that loan to to improve his physicality a little bit. Obviously, yeah. he is he is a you know diminutive. Um, not that he shies away from the kind of physical mm-hmm. side of the game, but I think that obviously that that is going to be a key consideration. But what I would say is I do think when I've watched him, his his game intelligence for a young player. Mm-hmm is already good enough to be playing regular senior football. He just seems to, you know, because that's the sort of thing that you get with experience, knowing when to pass it, knowing when to keep hold of it, uh, knowing who to play to and things like that. He seems to have that already, uh, which I think is why he's been captain, you know, for the Leicester's youth teams and also with England under-18s. But no, unfortunately, I know people want to see players break through and I think it's been terrific that they do have so many players in the squad at the minute who are, not only from the academy, but they were—they grew up in the in the county as well. I think, certainly when I'm when I'm not being a journalist and when I'm just being a fan, I, that's you know it's a really big thing for me yeah. knowing yeah. that there are local players um, in the team. I think it sort of almost increases your support for the team. Yeah. Um, you know that. I, as I say, my favourite game from last season was the one 0 win. Over mm. Liverpool just after Christmas, because yeah. the two key players in that game were Keenan Dewsbury Hall from Shepshed and Luke Thomas from yeah. Seyston, yeah. marking you know Sallow was being called the best player in the world at that point, and there's a mm. lad from Seyston who's keeping him quiet. You know yeah. that's that sort of thing that really does sort of increase your support for the team. Mm. So yes, I think it's great that they might have um, players coming through, and obviously Will Alves' terrific talent as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think maybe this season a little bit early. I would say next season.
1: And and the expectation and uh, will come with spending so much on a training ground to help you develop players that over the years, you know, we will see more and more of our homegrown products, and we won't be having to dip into the market so much.
0: Yeah, I think that's the that is the plan. I know that they're um, they're one of the things that they're looking to do with the the. Uh, with the training ground is make it so hospitable for kind of the parents of these young players mm-hmm. that they choose to have their kids at Leicester's yeah. Academy and not any of the others. I think they are looking to kind of be the main Academy, certainly in the East Midlands, mm-hmm. maybe looking obviously the, the the training ground being in the North of the County uh, helps with kind of those that in the catchment areas where Derby or Forest might have picked them up previously. Yeah. Um, and I know that they are, you know, they are thinking about that when, you know, then the six and seven year olds are coming in, um, you know, as that young. They want to say to their parents, "This is the best place for them. It's the best place for you to be as well." Um, so that is a key consideration. But as you say, the kind of the process that they've got in place at the minute, obviously, is working. Um, you know, they've managed to produce Chillwell, a fifty million pound player, yeah. England international, Harvey Barnes, uh, England international. Um, so. I think there's a, you know, I, I, hopefully if he keeps going the same way he is, Dewsbury Hall will get an England cap at some point as well. Um, so they're clearly doing something right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, they, they just need to continue with that.
2: Andrew, Andrew did ask, if I can sorry, great. What? He
0: did say, what about George Hurst? See, Hurst is an interesting one in that I, it was... I had about a list of about 20 questions I wanted to ask Rogers when I went out to Belgium to see them and uh, it was an awkward scenario where I was in a press conference with the Leuven manager as well and the, the Leuven press officer told me to stop hogging the mic basically and <laughs> let the uh, let the local journalists ask Leuven's manager a few questions. So I, I missed out yeah. on lots of the questions I wanted to ask but one of them would have been on George Hurst and sort of what the plan was for him um, because at the end of last season, it, Rogers said that he... You know, he was a player he wanted to look at. I think the fact that he's he's got a bit of height and he's got a bit of physicality, he, I think he felt he might be able to bring something different to the striking positions on that front. Um, but obviously, despite training with the first team at the start of the, at the start of pre season, obviously we've not seen him in any of the pre season mm-hmm. games. So I would suggest it means he's um, he might be be heading out. But he's we're hoping to speak to to Rogers. Um, after the Severe game at the weekend so he's one of the many players I, I sort of plan to ask about and try and get a little bit more uh information on because as you say I, I think people were interested in him, particularly because Roger said well this is a lad I want to have a look at yeah
1: just just a last quick one on the on the training ground um and I don't know if there's plans to do this but surely yeah. if they're looking to raise funds would it not make sense um to move the women's team across as well and then sell the land that they've got there that i would imagine would command a pretty penny in a in a market um
0: yeah i think that when they were first looking at uh moving training grounds and they were sort of looking at uh, possible venues to to move to i think there was a so there was another golf course out desford way i think um that they were considering um around that time when they were just simply looking for places i think the plan was to sell beaver drive uh, because i think they're aware you know that area of the city uh, you could sell it to a, a house and developer uh and make a fair amount of money for it um but i don't think there's any plans to do that now i think they quite like that as a selling point for the women's team um that they've got their own dedicated training ground and it's a really good one mm-hmm. um so I, I, I've not heard anything about that. I think you're probably right. I think they probably would make, um, you know, they certainly would make some decent money from selling Beaver Drive and the the complex they've got there. But yeah, I don't think there are any plans to do that. I think they quite like the fact that they're sort of they are kind of two separate entities, and they are. I think it's, I think it's
1: only I think it's only Brighton, isn't it, in the top flight that have amalgamated the two uh, to date. I think right. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I just, I I think there's a, as I said, I think they, they like that as a selling point for the, for uh, City women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh, I yeah. think they'll they'll stick with it for the time being anyway, yeah. um, whether they might do it in the future, I don't know.
2: Appreciate your time, Dawn. So I'm going, I'm going to make this a very general one, rather yeah. than go through individuals, because I think we could probably still be here at uh, 12 o'clock tonight. But... Who's going? I mean, you know, like we say, you know, Luckman doesn't appear to be coming back because Atlanta put an offer in allegedly for him. Uh, Vestergaard, we've turned an offer down. Uh, Is Mendy still sort of unhappy or is Chowdhury? Would he go if it wasn't for the fact that it was a team that's managed by Steve Bruce? How many? um, Oh, did I say that out loud? Which are the main players do you think you know that we're trying to sell to try and sort of cut the squad and the wage bill down?
0: Well, I think Chowdhury is one because uh, he's only got a year left on his deal, and I think you know he's also a fringe player as well. So if they can get move him on now, they're getting a little bit of money that they wouldn't get if they were next summer because he'll leave on a free transfer next summer. Obviously, a few other players in that bracket: Ayosi Perez, probably another uh he's only got a year left on his contract. I think they would probably feel that they could get some money from Spanish clubs for him. Uh I think Real Betis have been named as a as a club that, that quite like him. Um then you've got uh Oyunchu again another player only a year left on his contract obviously kind of fell down the pecking order a little bit last season and didn't quite um didn't quite perform as well as he had in previous years i think his performance uh, sort of his performance level when he's not next to evans does seem to drop a little yeah. bit um so i think that's been a, a consideration i think they thought is he a player that we want to offer a new contract to possibly not so let's you know now with a year left on his contract we'll probably need mm-hmm. to move to move him on um, mendy and Amate are kind of interesting ones in that they've both got a year left on their contract but I get the sense that they're players. That, certainly with Amate, he's, you get the sense he's happy to be a backup and also he's trusted to some degree by Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Mendy, obviously very close to moving last summer when he was left out of the squad. Um, I, again, I think they probably would keep him, I think just because he is a midfielder that Rodgers trusts. I think you got that impression towards the end of last season when Ndidi was um, injured. Samare I think they would move on if they got a uh, a decent offer for I just I, I He's kind probably of, a, he
2: kind of impressed me in preseason yeah
0: and I do think I, I thought I was impressed with him last preseason as well but I think the and I probably would say you know based on players like soyunchu where they, he had a bit of a tough time in his first season and the second season ended up doing really well and you kind of think well did he just need a year to adjust uh, I kind of feel like there should be patience with Samari to to do the same. Um, but, you know, he was being... There were things that Rogers was sort of giving him constructive criticism-wise at the start of the season when he was playing more regularly that he still needed to give him it towards the end. And I think the fact that he didn't adjust to those kind of left him at a point where, you know, we saw towards the end of last season, even though when he was, you know, when they were playing twice a week because they were in the conference league, uh, Rodgers was rotating his whole team pretty much sort of there was like a week weekday team and a, a weekend team but Dewsbury Hall and Telemans kept playing um, and I think that's because he didn't trust someone like Samare um, yeah. to come in and even play Premier League games so I think that you know he he didn't track back urgently enough for Rodgers he didn't he didn't move the ball quickly enough I think those were the two things I think he's done that a little bit better in pre-season um, there's a, been a few nice moments I thought the the surge through midfield to set up Barnes's goal at Hull—that's that's the sort of thing that they wanted from him, and I just don't think they've seen that enough. And I think they thought, well, maybe if his reputation is still really good in France and they could get a decent deal for him, I think they probably would look at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's one as well. Yeah. I think Samari was a perfect illustration of a point you made earlier,
1: Jordan, that uh, uh, player identification wasn't necessarily Brendan's strong point. But when he came out and said he thought he could turn him into a box-to-box midfielder, I, I, I don't know where that came from because he's never struck me as somebody who has that engine that can do that for me.
0: Yeah, I th- that was an interesting point. I think Rogers does like his players to be able to do that. I think mm. the way... When he, when he was at Lille, Sumari was a decent carrier of the ball. Mm. Um, but... So he can get up the pitch with the ball. But, you know, being a box-to-box midfielder is about being more than that. And it is yeah. about if you're getting forward, you've got to get back as well. And I thought it was really, there was the game at Spurs towards the end of the season where they uh, lost 3-1. and Samara made a rare start. I think Dewsbury Hall was um, mm-hmm. ill or injured. Um, and there was a few moments in the first half where Perez, who was playing as a number 10, had tracked back more quickly than Samare yeah. and was making tackles on the edge of his own box, and it's like, well, if you, if a number ten is overtaking you on the way back and doing your job for you, that's really not a good look. Yeah. Um, and just uh, the little things like that won't, you know, it just looked like a lack of desire for me. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if it. Yeah, I say I don't, I don't know him, but I don't think it would be that. I think it's sometimes if you're a little bit. Um, you know, if you're not quite suited to the mm-hmm. the style of play or whatever, you just your brain takes an extra half a second or a second to, to think what you should be doing. And in, in the Premier League, you, you don't have that time. You need to, you know, everything needs to be instinctive. And it, it didn't seem like that way for Samari. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One, well, and this, I promise you, is the very best. <laughs> it's all it, right. It, or it's... It, it's just a
0: yes or a no. Yeah. Uh,
2: but this is the, one of the big questions I've been asked to ask. Yes or no? Will uh, Will Brendan still be in the position at the end of the season? I'll
0: say maybe it's yeah. not
2: a yes or
0: no. <laughs> well, it's it's difficult because it obviously depends on what happens. But I would yes. say I would say yes. I don't think there are. Um, yeah, well, certainly aren't any any plans for for him to move on or anything like that. Um, obviously, it d- depends how they would be doing and I think if they were obviously in a dire situation as with any manager he would be removed um but no I don't I think he will still be um I think they'll have a decent season and I think he'll still be manager at the end of it hopefully they'll get into Europe I think that will be the target and I personally think they've got a good enough squad even as it is to um to be able to get
2: there. Indeed you know like we say you know we do say about last season being bad, but we still managed to finish the eighth and the European semi-final. So it wasn't the worst. We've had worse seasons, haven't we? Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> Jordan, I really do appreciate you giving up your time and coming no, on no, the No worries at all. It's been lovely to question. talk to you both. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming on. Take care of yourself and uh, hopefully maybe speak again soon.
0: Yeah, thanks very much both. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers bye Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Oh, there we go. Craig. Um, yourself. I mean, who would you get rid of just quickly before before we uh, before we end the yeah, show? Yeah, I, I think I, for me, you only get rid of players if you've got
1: somebody lined up to come in after them, and and if you've got someone lined up, I'd be, um, I'd I'd be saying if we need to take two or three million less just to move them on and get the people in, then then we would do so. Again, it's the same ones for me, Samari um for me i'd be uh i'd be moving him on as quickly as i could as as jordan said while his stock is still high and there's there's interest yeah. here from france same with perez i like perez but he's not going to get enough game time to sort of show what he can really do on, on a regular basis you know i think he's an intelligent player so and i think there's a value there uh the same with with charity i think if there's value in fringe players who are not going to be pressing for a first-team spot. There's a difference between being a fringe player that you know as soon as they get a chance, they're going to claim the spot and they're going to be hard to shift. I yeah. don't see any of those players doing that. So, for me, they'd be the ones, along with Vestergaard. Um, it's I'd be looking really, to be it's
2: really awkward, isn't it? Because we, we see these players once a week, twice mm. if there's a midweek game. Mm. And you know we think we know who should be and who shouldn't be playing. And obviously, what they do during the week on the training field has a lot to do with whether they are picked or not, you know, and, but, you know, you look at players like, like Chowdhury. I mean, you know, he came off after that Liverpool came. I think we've Mm. said this before, you know, and Rogers was blowing smoke out of his bottom. I'm surprised Jordan didn't mention, um, mention him there, but, uh, uh, when he was talking about that game, but then we we, we never saw him after that. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, something's obviously gone on. It's, it's a training. tricky one, is not it?
1: Because you you have to have a squad, you know, and yeah. and this is the thing. This is where it comes into it, just briefly is maybe the one thing that's come out of this close season is a better understanding of our fan base of what it takes to to run a football club. And how mm. difficult it is to balance the books in terms of the number of people that you can have in a squad, the wage bill, the financial fair play, that it's not just as easy as we'll just keep buying players without selling them. You know, yeah. we, we're not in a position to do that. Uh, so it has to be a gradual transition into a, a regular top yeah. six top eight I
2: mean, club a, a lot of people tend to have a go at me because they see these posts and you know mm. i've been put one out for luckman earlier like yeah, you know that, this yeah. is the last straw and all these. <laughs> <laughs> and people please realize that when i do that it isn't necessarily what i'm thinking it is to gauge a reaction from you because that is what i need in the want... hornet's
1: nest that's what
2: exactly there. exactly because if nobody you know reacts to it then basically what am I doing? You're Leicester um, till I
1: dies Adrian Durham. That's what you're
2: yeah. <laughs> well you'd look at anybody on Talk Sport and they all do that. You know, yeah. they all that is what they are designed. Because if they were to sit there and say Lester are wonderful on every show, nobody'd be ring no Leicester fan would be ringing no. up, you know. Um as he when says there we need to be sat on as soon as possible. I don't think so. Uh it was so much sort of tongue in cheek for me, but it is what a lot a lot of the, you know a lot of the fans are saying but for me, even if we had another eighth place, let's say, in a good cup run, to say maybe the semis in the FA Cup or something, then again, you know, for this is less to it's not exactly. a bad that. Season. that is the reality. That that's the reality mm-hmm. of
1: the of of what our expectation should be that occasionally, you know, we should be looking to be a regular top half team with yes. an occasional foray into flirting with uh with the the European positions, and that's the reality of it. Yes, we all would like us to be regularly going for top four, top six, but the reality is, when you look at the clubs above us, you know, and as we've shown this summer, we can't compete financially. We can't compete
2: with them in, in the, and then of course you've got Newcastle in the mix yeah. as well. Exactly. You know, yeah. so it is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan. You know, and a lot of people do poo-poo sort of the mercury, and what have you. But he can only report on what he hears and what he knows. Exactly. Um, Andrew says their eighth place sounds very Martin O'Neill. But how happy were we with eighth exactly. and ninth under Martin O'Neill? Exactly. You know, we were very happy in the odd cup. You know, we were all right. We we we, we yeah. did well in the in the League Cup for three seasons. But you know, we we've got to accept that. Like you say, you know, we, we, we're not a Newcastle, we're not a Man City. I mean, even Man City, look at the players they're getting rid of. And I reckon that's a little bit of FFP in there, you know, as well. Well, it could well be. They they could have finally um,
1: actually realised that they have to comply. Yes. Because um, you, you get the feeling that
2: they haven't been for a long time. Exactly, exactly. Mike, thank you very much for that. Uh, it says, great show. And James, 7th uh, or 8th, I can see Leicester finishing. We'll see what happens. Um, well, I'm off to do a prediction show f- um, for some score predictions on the championship. Um, oh. So uh, that'll be very much, be uh, on Dan's channel in a minute. I'll and tell we'll- you what, the way that, the way things are going, Chris, if you get yourself fit, you're going to be playing for Burnley. <laughs> yes. indeed. But, but I mean, I keep saying very last question. But it's your fault. You keep prompting me. <laughs> but, but if and it was a, it was a question that I, I think I put to Jordan, uh, or you, i mean, you did. But if we end up with the same um, squad that we've got now, so we don't lose anybody, yeah. but we don't sign anybody. Sumari might be more the Soyunchu sort of player where he's taken Mm -hmm. that extra year to get get into it. Um, where where we've seen him, I mean, he's been on fire in the playing field. Perez has been putting in some good performances. God, that hurt, that stuck in my throat. Sorry, (laughs) but he has. Um, and no Europe, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. It would it wouldn't be the end of the world would it in real terms
1: no i mean it's it's a squad that's good enough to be mm. comfortably top half and i yeah. i i think anybody who thinks that we're going to be challenging even if we bought a couple of players yeah. you know that we we're going to be challenging that top four because they're they're even the top six, you know, Spurs have strengthened a lot. Arsenal, as we've seen, have strengthened a lot. We don't know what Man is going to turn this season with a new manager.
2: No. But no. that traditional
1: six, as we hate calling them the big six, top six, whatever, yeah. it's going to be very difficult for anybody to break into that, I yeah. think. so. But we have a squad capable of being top eight and and maybe
2: having a nibble around those European mm. spots. I, I think so as well. And, you know... <sighs> Man City still haven't won the Champions League. Yeah. (laughs) It took Man City, was it four or five seasons, to even get out the group stages in the Champions League? So it's all, you know, Mike says they have seen a few people put in Leicester near relegation. You know, people have written us off before.
1: (laughs) I don't don't know know what that's based on. though. That's based on people not knowing anything about the club, I think.
2: Yes. to be honest, because as yes. you say,
1: it's not about necessarily just about who you bring in, it's who you manage to keep hold of. And we've got two players in Fafana and Madison for me who would be uh, fetching 60, 70, 80 million. I, I'm yeah. really excited about Madison this season. The way he finished last season, he's yeah. already looked sharp. I think we're going to see a fantastic Madison at the start of the season. He will want to be in that England squad for the World Cup. For that,
2: yeah. So I is. think
1: he's going to come out, all guns blazing. Hopefully, we've and got to fit Vardy, as you say. Dak has been looking sharper and been working on things. Mm. Barnes has and, been looking sharp, and
2: so is Inacio. In fairness, yeah. and you know, Tillman's, you know, Belgian squad. You know, he's going yeah, to be yeah. thinking about the World Cup. Exactly. He's going to start putting in some, yeah. you know, performances. It's going to be interesting. Thirty-five days left. That's all we've got, Craig. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a long thirty-five days. Yeah, it is indeed. Tottenham did it once. They didn't make a signing all summer. I They finished up with
1: a. They finished up with a. No, they didn't finish up with a trophy, did they? No. No. No.
2: no don't be, Don't, be, don't be, I think they ended up sacking the manager. Actually, that was a, no, See, that's no, the manager.
1: I, I. mean, I've forgot. I've, I've forgotten his name now. The the Spurs manager, but. It's, yeah, it's going to be very very interesting. The early part of the season, knowing that Pochettino is waiting in the wings for an opportunity.
2: Yeah. Doug, how you? Welcome along, mate. Um t- last question, this is from Dan. Um, and I've got to get ready because I'm supposed to be on his in, in 20 minutes. So he's, pro- he's probably coming in chasing me. What are you up yeah. to, Dad? You know, uh, I did, yeah. Dan.
1: Yeah. I did. I've uh, I've still got the the lace marks
2: across my forehead. I was gonna say it looks, it doesn't, it looks a bit flat, to be honest with you. <laughs> is that after you edited it? Did you say flat or fat? Flat. The ball right. looks flat, not you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not the World Cup ball, is it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Nate, thank you so much as always. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and you had some great questions there to ask, um, and appreciate it. And I will. Uh, I don't know when I'm seeing you next, but I will be seeing you next at some point. Yeah, um, we 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 need a Dan to answer the big question. We do, we do. Yes. I know he has so, been busy this week, so yeah. I've kind of not pushed that. But yeah, so I'm working um, on that in the
1: background anyway. But if mm-hmm. Dan can come up with a good, so I'd appreciate it. Well, he's,
2: he, I'm interested with in this specialist topic. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that's, of, that's yeah. what I need from him. Yeah. No, you I've given it you. No, you've not. I have nineties cheesy music.
1: If if you have, I haven't seen it, so I I, I apologize for missing that.
2: Right. Oh, now, 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 so it's Craig. Where are mm. we here? Um, uh, you've, you've got me now. I'm checking. I'm checking. <laughs> I'm checking. Um, where are we? I'm going back a bit. Mm. Um, God, we do talk a lot, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm sure I sent. Yeah, because didn't we have a laugh about the fact that it was '90s '90s cheesy music, S Club Seven and Steps and all that? Well, well, my my reaction
1: in saying that I'm still waiting for it would suggest that we didn't have that conversation.
2: Well, to be honest with you, um, you said I'll give you the scores at the end of each round, so you can just add those up. Yeah. I replied to that on the 20th of July at 2:40 p.m. <laughs> '90s <laughs> cheesy <laughs> pop music. <laughs> And you right, I didn't realize back... that
1: that was, uh, I thought that was just one of your random comments. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you replied back nine minutes later saying obligatory, so um, <laughs> yeah. i yeah, I just thought that's what you were going to have as the theme tune for the mu- for the quiz.
2: <laughs> don't you be blaming that, don't you? Yeah. Be... Right, it's, okay, it's Fine. your age, it's your memories, mate, but <laughs> we'll get it sorted. Cool. All right, uh, yeah, Dan's just saying that 90 Cheesy Pop music Pop was the topic, yeah. S Club 7, never had a dream come true. That's what happens if you support Burnley. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all the best, right. mate. Thank you very right. much for you on. Cheers, everyone. Bye. And we will speak soon. Take care and all the best to yeah. the family. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, Bye. Bye. Thanks to Craig. That I am coming, Dan. I am honestly coming. Um, my big thanks to Craig for uh, being on tonight uh, and and asking some really really good questions and thanks to everybody in the chat for asking the questions as well really do appreciate it and um i have to thank jordan leicester mercury i know a lot of people poo poo the leicester mercury but let's face it he's not had a lot to report on has he really still is sort of the local paper um up craig cheers and um Chris says here, um, yes, Defo did heard that, but didn't you? (laughs) Uh, Chris with his investigation details, time, place, weather. (laughs) I don't get that. What did I say? What did I say? Anyway, I'm off, and you can smell me from there. Thank you very much to everybody who's been watching. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, Lester Till I Die TV. And smash the likes buttons as well. And I just keep showing Lookman on Sky Sports. It's really annoying me. If you've been listening on your favorite podcast station, thank you very much for doing that and for lending me your ears. So <laughs> yeah, my, oh, I was doing because he wouldn't have he would not he would not have <laughs> accepted that he'd read it otherwise. Um, but anyway. Turfmore House TV, get over there in 20 minutes. We're gonna be live. I'm being kind, I'm being kind to the council house end part of the uh, street and going on to dance <laughs> championship predictions. This is gonna be fun. Hey, <laughs> we'll see you then. Thanks to everybody, like I say, who took part. Thanks to everybody for listening and for watching and for being in the chat. Welcome along to Terry and new mod as well. Thank you very much for that. Take care, guys. See you in 20. Oh, that's a wrap!
1: Sports, social, podcast network.
2: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automatic delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?